Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast. This is our newsmaker segment where we talk to people who are changing the culture, changing minds, changing hearts, and making an impact all over our country. It's brought to you by Family Vision Media. FamilyVisionMedia.org is the website where you can find out more. And it's my pleasure to bring to you Ryan Dean, pastor of the Pentecostals of Bossier City. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan Austin Dean, at Ryan Austin Dean. Pastor Dean, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks so much. It's my pleasure. All right. So let's talk about this is, uh, to me, one of the most important conversations we can have. And that is Christians, whether or not Christians are actually changing the culture. So being the hands and feet of Christ or allowing the culture to change us, which means the culture is actually not getting the medicine it needs. Which, Which do you think is actually happening right now? I think that, unfortunately, uh, Christians are probably influenced a lot more by the culture than the other way around. However, I don't think that that's permanent because I don't believe that that's their desire. I believe that especially young Christians are absolutely tired of being pushed around, uh, and they don't even realize they're being pushed around sometimes, but they're they're tired of feeling that, like they're always on the defensive. And uh, right now, I see a, a great hunger out of people to... Um, to really dig back into their relationship with God and actually push back uh, in in the right way. So how do we come off of defense? I love that that uh, that imagery, and it, that is the feeling that I get. Uh, now I'm not a young millennial, or you know, and, and that that's not my my timeline for this for this uh, era. But I do feel a lot of times like it's take this back, pushing back on that, trying to influence that. God never used those terms in the Bible. So how do we get out of defense mode and onto offense? I think it's actually pretty simple. And it's it's become kind of passe in maybe the last year or so. People stopped talking about the influence of not just media, but everybody's tired of talking about social media. They, They consider it an old issue. But it's not an old issue. I think it's actually a vital part of the battle. Uh, Right now, the average Christian uh, only 50% of them actually pray every day, and most of them, I, th- I would say, pray infrequently, and 25% of them don't even pray with any regularity at all. Uh, meanwhile, the ones that do pray every day, they pray an average of 10 minutes per day, but we absorb, whether passively or actively, 11 hours of media and social media per day. And so when you have that sort of imbalance, I think that it's, it's inevitable. The culture is going to push against you and change you because it's your primary influence in life by far. But if we can start to tip the scales a little bit and get people back into, I, I'm, not, I'm not always looking to the past and saying everything was perfect in the past. I know that it wasn't. Uh, however, I, I was the last generation. Um, I'm technically a millennial by by the year, the very first year that they started counting people as millennials, that's when I was born. I'm 38 years old right now. So I kind of have a foot in both camps. Um, I remember what it was like without all of this stuff. And it was better, but there's no going back. So there has to be this new balance that we're very deliberate about. And I believe that when you push back against that, uh, the algorithms are constantly feeding us the most negative information possible all the time. And so we feel like we're on the defensive, but as soon as you push back against that, and as soon as you prioritize not only your spiritual walk, but also uh, developing yourself and developing your own character and developing a life that's actually committed to, 
to, to being productive and uh, pursuing the right things, it starts to become addictive. And that's how you start to tip the scales. And I, I've seen that happening, uh, especially in Generation Z. Uh, and I'm, I'm already seeing a little bit of it in the younger generation, with Generation A. And it's actually inspiring people who are a little bit older now. And I've seen a lot of Generation X responding to this desire. I feel like the scales can tip back over, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of deliberate action uh, on the parts of a lot of people. Okay. So deliberate action. I love that you said it becomes addictive. It's true. Walking with the Lord is like any other relationship. If you pay attention to it, it grows. If the Absolutely. relationship grows, then you begin to be more, um, you, you want more of it. <laughs> and then right. as you begin to want more of it, you begin to see the effects of it in your life. It's all of a sudden your eyes are open. It's like having a veil removed where you can see more of God's hand in your life, which makes you then kind of excited. Like, well, wow, what will he do next? He just answered that prayer. That tiny thing that I was thinking, I said, oh, I, geez, I, I hope this can be X. And then you're like, wait a minute, that just worked out perfectly. You know, like exactly like you realize, oh, he's actually working. He's moving in your life, but you can't see that. You're right. The, the social media, the phone, it's such an amazing tool, but it's uh, it is it is like a dominating force where you want to look at that so often. And even with the, you can find great Christian resources and influences for the device, but it's not the majority of what we're looking at. So, you you talked about being deliberate, being intentional, um, and you talked about you know the time people pray every day. So the big deal with that is when you say, oh, you know, we we need to spend more time in prayer. You can see people's shoulders slump and their head tilts to one side because they're thinking. Well, what am I going to pray about? And how am I, how am I going to make it like 10 minutes? How am I going to make it more than that? And so people think people who pray a lot that, you know, we literally go into a prayer closet, like on war room, the movie, and we go in there and we're, you know, pounding the floor and contending and tears are running down our face. And we're in there for like two or three hours a day. And other people are like, well, how do you get anything else done? So exactly, what does it yeah. really look like? <laughs> what it looks like to me, one thing that was very intimidating for me when I was younger, I, I grew up around prayer warriors, my grandfathers on both sides, when they prayed, it sounded like they were reading from the King James Version. And so it was intimidating for me because I don't know how to do that. I, I've tried to pray formally, and it just it doesn't feel like I'm connecting to God. It feels like I'm manufacturing something. So when the Scripture tells us to pray without ceasing, uh, it, it sounds like I'm having a conversation with somebody beside me. If I'm doing it the right way for me, I know it's different for everybody, but when I talk to God, I try to talk to him about the issues like I'm talking to my wife or to my friends or somebody else. Just, God, look, this is what I'm going through at this very moment. Um, I need some help right now. And when you talk to God like that, it, it makes it feel like less of a chore and more like you're talking with somebody that you have a relationship with. And so if we take a lot of the formality out of it, you can actually pray without ceasing. It's just constantly asking God for guidance and wisdom. And as you do that, again, yeah, it becomes addictive. And... It's it's something that I think we got away from, not because we devalued it, but because everything else pushed back against us. So when whenever you start taking in a little bit less media per day, I, I would say the nasty word today is any sort of uh, deliberate restrictions or boundaries in your life. And so it's nothing for, say, a young person to spend uh, you know, six hours a night on a video game, something like that, mm -hmm. even scrolling through social media. It's nothing, it's nothing for an adult to go out and spend four hours on a golf course or something like that. Everybody has their things that they get buried into. 
But to talk to God, it feels like a chore because we distance ourselves from it. The closer we get, uh, you find that it's so much more natural. And one thing that's, that's all, it's always skewed a little bit more heavily. Women are far more likely to pray than men. I think uh, 64% of women pray with regularity who are Christian, and 43% of men, that's where the statistics are skewed. I think God is uh, wanting men to rise up and to, to do their part in this, in this battle that's taking place in the spiritual realm. And we've kind of lacked that for a long time. I think we've lacked courage. We've lacked boldness. And uh, I, I see a lot of young men now being called back to take like the burden of responsibility back on their shoulders and to actually do something that is meaningful in their lives. And again, it's everybody wrote off millennials. They wrote off uh, Generation Z because they said, well, look at how millennials turned out, you know, and a lot of my friends are Gen X and everybody wrote them off. But what you've seen is that there's actually a desire for people to get back to not this passive Christianity, but they want something deep. And whenever they respond to it, it's it's so much more appealing to see somebody's Christian walk whenever they're actually walking in a depth with God instead of just kind of making Him an aspect of their life rather than the core uh, focus of their life. And I, I'm really positive about the next few years going forward because uh, where sin does prevail, grace is much more prevail. It's happening right now. Sin is intensifying. But at the same time, you're seeing a young generation, and you're seeing uh, people who've been away from God. They're being called back, and I'm actually really positive and optimistic about what the revival is going to look like, regardless of what the culture looks like. So I'm not worried about the culture, uh, because as, as much as they push back, God is going to reveal himself even more. So let me tell you, um, the thing that you just shared, I can I can co-sign. Let me co-sign for anybody who's mm-hmm. listening and thinking, oh, geez, a running conversation, like I have time for that. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, a running conversation with God who, you know, I, I know he's real, but I don't I don't feel him like y'all do. Or you, you must have something that I don't have. This isn't about um, this isn't about a feeling that you have. You will catch feelings. OK, so if you're if you're into catching <laughs> feelings, you will. But right now you may not have any. And let me tell you, I've already been there and I have about 50 T-shirts of had no feeling, you know, just prayed. Don't know if God can hear me. Pretty sure that prayer went up to the ceiling, which I can see, hit the ceiling and then crashed on the, the, the carpet in here into a million pieces because that prayer was a dud. I didn't feel anything. What happens is, first of all, you have to take a step in faith. And the step in faith is just taking what Pastor Ryan just said, <laughs> just take it and say, okay, I'm going to do this. Maybe you you do it as a fast. It's a prayer fast, meaning instead of not doing something, you're going to actually pour yourself into it. So maybe you're going to take, um, you know, one less hour a day on your phone, or maybe you're going to do a social media fast. This is something that I actually had someone tell me that's not a real fast when I said I was fasting social media, <laughs> but God has really moved in my life on fasting social media. So yes. Fasting with food is the toughest thing I ever have to do. And when I do it, it starts off as pretty miserable in the beginning. But I always I always get something out of that. But fasting social media has become something that I do. It brings my mind back into to being able to hear hear from him. Like I know he hears yes. me. Every word, every thought, even the you know, feeling sad, things like that. He hears it, he knows it. He immediately moves to to help me with those things. But when I fast social media, I end up, um, I, I'm able to 
hear from him. I'm able to see him nudging me in areas. I'm I'm able to um, actually just pray better. Like you, if you feel like your prayers are going up and hitting the ceiling, it might be that your focus is so much on something else. And so you can fast that thing, whether it's television. I've done that too. Television fast. I'll find myself watching too many episodes of HGTV or <laughs> it could be anything. I mean, you just like you're sitting there and you're on your fifth episode and you're like, what am I doing? I'll literally say, what are we doing? And my husband will look at me and roll his eyes. He's like, well, we don't know which house they're going to buy. And we'll both laugh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, why are we? So, so we'll give it up for a week. Sometimes he he and I don't we're not in tune on it. He'll say, I'm not fasting that right now. And I used to get really ticked off and I feel like the Lord told me, Hey, Holy Spirit Junior, why don't you just fast because you feel led to fast? Why don't you fast and let him do what he's gonna do? Cause he I'll I'll talk to him. I, I don't need you to be a conduit for me. You know, he maybe he doesn't need to fast that. So sometimes we do it together, sometimes I'm by myself. And the Lord always he wakes me up. He's like, Oh, okay, I have your attention now. Let me talk to you. Let me address something. Let me let me be real to you because that's what you've been asking me for. But I can't be real to someone who never talks to me, who never listens to me, who never sings praise to me. You have to get yeah. it, you know, if you have to get your mind on him. So I just encourage people when it's a conversation, I kind of compare it to what we do with babies, right? Um, you know, everybody wants to get 50,000 words spoken to their baby before they go to kindergarten. So you, what you have to do is you have to start talking to them from the moment that you feel like, you know, the, the baby is active in your room. You're kind of talking to the baby and rubbing your stomach. But it's really when the baby is actually born that you begin to make eye contact and talk to the baby. You're talking, you're engaging, you're trying to help the baby understand that a way of communicating is by opening your mouth and making sounds in the direction of another person. And then over time, you be, you see the baby begin to form their own language, their own way of communication, and then they start to use words. And they can really start talking very, very early and communicating. And so the, it's a similar kind of a concept, only with God, we are the babies. Like we're the toddlers, actually. Babies is too nice of a term for what we <laughs> human beings are. We're toddlers and God is our father. And so we can talk to him about anything. So when I'm frustrated, I, I will literally say, oh, I wish I had someone to talk to about this. I'm so frustrated. And then <laughs> I'll remember, oh, yeah, I could just tell you, God, <laughs> since you already know what's wrong He's with me. Listening. Right. And so I'll just say, man, this really, I'm so frustrated. And then I feel better. Right. And so it's, it, you're thinking, well, you're talking to right. yourself. I'm not. I actually know how to talk to myself because when I'm here by myself, I will sometimes have a running dialogue. I need to do this, this and this. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about saying, Lord, here's my issue. This really, this sucks. This is, this is trash. I'm, I feel yeah. like this. I, this is hurting me. I can't believe she said that. I can't believe she did that. I can't believe that he thinks that. Or he's not listening to me. Sometimes I, that's my prayer. He's not listening to me. Would you fix it? Because I just can't. I can't with this. I can't anymore. I'm just, I'm done. He will. That's the right. running dialogue you're talking about. It doesn't sound like the prayers we make when we're standing in front of a podium and someone says, would you give a word of prayer? And you're like, oh, Heavenly Father. And then you pour out the best prayer you've ever prayed. And those are great. And right. those are real prayers too. But you're talking about just talking to him the way I'm talking to you or the way I talk when no one else is around and you know it's painful, it's angry, it's whatever it is, and it's pouring out. God already knows how we feel, so there's nothing to hide. Just tell him what the issue is, like David did when he was wishing that his enemies would be, you know, yeah. completely destroyed and all their offspring and all their generations would be destroyed and wiped off the face of the earth. 
He was telling God what he already felt and God already knew. So it wasn't like he was shocked. He told him those things. And then he turned to a time of praise and worship because he knew that's the conversation that God would allow him to have. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one thing that, that has helped me over the years and it, I'm kind of ashamed to say this, that when I was young, I had a, I had a period of time in which I considered, I grew up in a pastor's home, but I still considered myself for about three years, more or less an agnostic. And uh, the time that I learned how to pray to God in a way that made sense for me was whenever I was, C.S. Lewis said I was angry at God for not existing. And I, I felt like that for a little while when I, in my younger years. And I remember leaving, I had to go to a church service because I still live with my parents, but I left that church service that night. And I was in my car and I just, I was hitting my steering wheel because I was so angry um, that I, I just didn't have a connection with God or I didn't believe he exists or if he did, why did I feel the way that I did? And I remember to my, to my deep and everlasting shame, I, I said some horrible things to God. I told him that I, I, I finally screamed and said, God, I hate you. And it brings me shame to this day. But at the same time, when those words escaped my mouth, it's as almost a quiet came over my car. And I felt God almost just kind of watching me and just being patient with me to let me get this out of my system. And when I finally stopped crying, I started talking to him again. And in that moment, I felt his presence more than I had sometimes when I was in the middle of the service. It didn't matter because I finally just started talking to him. And then it's almost like he began to talk back. And and uh, from that time forward, I stopped trying to be so flowery with the language and make sure that it was all so formal. Um, and he, he responds to that. He responds to our to our sincere desire to talk to him, just to, to be heard. And uh, it's like my wife, I, I come home every day, I'm exhausted. Um, I, I get overwhelmed sometimes with all the information that comes in. But sometimes my wife just wants me, not a very talkative person, to sit down and just talk to her a little bit. And that's part of our routine. And as I do it, that it's part of what keeps our relationship strong and growing all the time. It's just even when I don't feel like it sometimes. I just start talking, and as in a talk, it begins to pour out naturally. And that's all God wants from us, and we reject that very first that very first paragraph that we could give him because we're so busy with everything else. And once we start doing it, it's, it we feel the relationship begin to build and grow, and it just becomes something you, you, you desire and you, you, you need it. It's a hunger that, that's birthed out of that continual relationship and I, I think people are rediscovering that and it's 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 uh it's great to see. It is great. It is great to see, but I think the thing that we're being called to, the, you know, the part of the reason you're here on the podcast, the reason, you know, why Demetrius put us together to have this conversation is that we need more people to stumble into or just take our advice and kind of adopt this form of prayer which is the running conversation with God. Because if you think about how much time, like, so might not be true for you, Pastor Ryan, because you're a man. But for me as a woman, I think about all the time I spend every day talking. Um, some of that time could easily be spent explaining my cares and my concerns to God. And yeah. then if there's a time where you can't think of anything to say, because not everyone is as verbal as I am. So there, there, but you can still have a conversation with God. And it's not about time. This isn't about saying, okay, today I need to have a running conversation with God for 45 minutes. Nope. Because we don't say that with, like, you don't say to your wife, all right, I got the timer going. We're going to do 15 minutes of, no. uh, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> no wife would be excited about that. Um, and no, I don't think a man would be excited. If I went to my husband and said, 
all right, I have seven minutes to talk to you today. Let's go ahead and have a conversation. <laughs> He'd be like, T- seven minutes today? Is that for the whole day? I mean, I, I think he would be intrigued and then he would he would be insulted. because He's like, oh, so you're allotting me seven minutes. So later, if you need to talk, you yeah. won't talk because it's you know, seven minutes is up. So there's um there's a thing about a running conversation, which is, you know, it, it means when God says, you know, um, come to me and pray to me. Sometimes we really don't have anything to say. Maybe it's a dry time or there's a, it's a time of waiting and there's some disappointment connected to that where you're waiting on the answer to prayer or you're waiting on a resolution on a problem and it just isn't visible to you at that time. And that's when we can open the scriptures and simply pray, read God's word back to him. Yes. And that's an offer of sacrifice, the sacrifice of our lips. It's also us acknowledging that in our humanity, we will run out of cogent things to say to God. But in those times, we can use his word. And he says, if you pray to me, if you pray my will, I hear you. And if I hear you, you have the answer to your prayer. So if there's a time where we can't pray or there's nothing to pray because, you know, I've been there. I'm prayed out. I've prayed. I've cried. I've screamed. You know, I got in the car and just turned on the praise and worship music, screamed and cried. And then you come in the house and you're like, Problem's still here. And I, I you know, yeah. I can't watch TV. I can't do anything. I can't do anything right now. I'm frozen, you know, here in this foyer or standing next to this couch. What do I do? Well, to break that lock, you just open up the scriptures and you literally can pray any part of it to him. There are, to me, parts that feel more effective, but you can pray any part of it to him and just say, Lord, I don't have anything to say right now, but I know your word says, and just pray it. And then close the Bible or or keep reading it. I mean, it's up to you and just know that he heard you and that our prayers last forever, right? The the Bible says our prayers are in a bowl next to the throne of God and they are a sweet fragrance that rises up and blesses his nostrils continually day and night. And we know that God doesn't sleep. He is not only eternal, but he is, you know, outside of time. So he is continually on the throne breathing in the sweet aroma of our prayers, which means mm. more of us should be praying. We need more sweet aroma. We need more of that going on. Absolutely. Um, so th- this is something that we can take part in. We, it, the word says we're seated in heavenly places. When we pray to God, we're, we're, we're not here. Our spirit is in heavenly places with God communicating. That is, that's like we have to get that imagery and that mental picture so that it becomes less of, I need to pray or I have to pray, as in I get to pray. I I need to go into the heavenly places right now because down here looks like right. a mess. Let me get up there for a few minutes so I can refresh myself and deal with this nonsense because that's it seems like there's nothing but nonsense down here anyways. Yes. Yes, and that's one thing that happens whenever you're in the presence of God, you and you step back out into society, it's like you're you're like Moses and it's like the glory of God is somehow shining on you. And when you exhibit peace, when nobody else in the world seems to have peace, it's so appealing. And that's one of your, it could be your greatest witness is just a sense of peace that you have when the rest of the world seems like it's falling apart. And I'd like to reiterate one thing that you said earlier when you said to pray the word. That's one thing my, my father always, uh, I saw him doing this in the prayer room often. He would just open up the Psalms and he would pray from, from the book of Psalms. But one, one day I was doing that in Every once in a while, I feel like if I feel like my life is not really measuring up to what God desires for me, and if I feel like I'm entering into a mode of repentance, I always, always open up Psalm 51 
which is David's prayer of repentance after Nathan the prophet came and revealed his sin. And that when I pray that chapter, every single time I pray that chapter, I feel God with me. And it changes me from that moment forward. It's, uh, I'd love to reiterate what you're saying and praying the word out loud. First of all, I know it's true. I know it's not my flesh. So when you know it's God's word that you're praying in your stead, it's just there's something powerful in it. And if you don't have the word to say, just open up the Psalms and just, uh, just, just pray. Just pray out loud the scripture. It's, it's one of the most beautiful things you can do. Yeah. Also, it takes you out of yourself. Um, and the other parts about it is you have now the, you know, it's like the engaging all of your senses, because w- when we have problems, we can get to a place where we're just, you know, the problem has become so big that you almost feel like you've been swallowed into it. You're inside of a problem that's a marshmallow and you cannot escape. <laughs> You're stuck. <laughs> you can't move. You yeah. can't. And so you begin to just be weighed down and the pain of it can just become overwhelming. And if you take as you the Psalms, I mean, in the Psalms, there's every experience we've ever had, every every negative everything. feeling, everything. <laughs> it's there, and Psalm 51 yeah. is fabulous. But there are so many others, and I, I remember sitting up, um, I was I was having some trouble, and I was wondering why it was happening to me, and so I, I my Bible was right next to me for some reason. I had the you know the one year Bible that I usually keep in here in the studio, it was right next to the, the end table where I usually sit on the couch. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, what is wrong? Why have I? So I opened it up and I prayed the Psalm and then I kept on reading and I realized God, he told me right there in the scripture, the mm-hmm. reason I was having the problem, a sin yeah. that I was engaging in. And I immediately, I, so I repented and I was like, man, okay, that explains a lot. And I felt immediately relieved. Problem's still there, but I once I knew, okay, I needed to repent about that. So now I know I'm on the road to some kind of resolution with this. That at least feels better than, you know, wondering why is this happening? And so I, you know, God wants to, first of all, he 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 really wants to expose our sin so we can repent and turn away from it. He really wants us to be in relationship with him. We understand he is just as real if not more real than any human person we can walk up to and say, Hey, and that person turns around and says, what he's there too. And he will answer small time. Like, Oh, you're searching for something in the house. This is one of my like go to's pastor Ryan looking for something. I'm starting to get really frustrated. Then I'll just say, Lord, please help me find this. (laughs) Just like that. Mad. Very, not very, not very, you know, like, Hey Lord, would you please help me find this? I'm like, Lord, please help me find this. And then I'll stop for a second. I'll take a deep breath. I'm like, oh, okay. I just, I got to calm down. And then I'll find it. Now, this is not like a genie in a bottle type of a thing. This is a relationship where he's literally helping you get through your everyday life because we can't make it through on our own. So this, right. the, when you say 50% of Christians are praying and you give those statistics, it's like, hmm, only 50%. I wonder what we could do if 80% of Christians were praying every oh my day. Goodness, and not yeah. just about finding stuff, but about fixing our country, about fixing our educational system for kids, about you know working more people out of poverty, more people out of homelessness, answering the promises we've made to our veterans, things that need to get done. What if we could get those things done if we would just pray about those? And then God would say, oh, here we go. Now my people are praying about these issues. Let's, let's, let's fix these on behalf of my people. Let me help these people on behalf of my people. I think we would be surprised. He would absolutely respond 100%. Well, now we just got to get people to do it. 
<laughs> they're starting to. They're starting to, and that's my great hope. That's my great hope. Uh, I, I do believe that if the if, if the scripture is true, and I believe it is, uh, we're going to see an end time revival, and I feel like the stage is being set for that. And it makes me very hopeful because I don't know if the world is going to get any better, but I do know that the church is. And so I'm very optimistic about what's happening right now. You see it. Uh, I've, I've said this recently, but um, I've seen little ones praying in a way that I've heard grown adults pray for years. And my, my son is only nine years old. And when he prays, it's like you, you can just you almost want to step out of the way because he's clearly just having a moment with God where it's just the two of them talking. Uh, that's being birthed in a lot of people. I see it happening. And I'm so optimistic about what the church is going to see in the next few years. I believe it's going to be the greatest testimony that we have. It's uh, it's going to be a, a continuation of the book of Acts. They're going to be seeing play out right in front of our eyes. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I am too. I am too. Well, I'm, I'm also hopeful that the Lord will just bless this podcast episode with um, a, a reach to go far and wide so people can hear um, this conversation and your expertise on this. I just think it's so valuable to have the kind of a grip on prayer that you have, that you're able to express it as something that is a running conversation that anyone can have and that God really wants this conversation with us. Um, and, and so, you know, when, when people are looking for answers on that, the answer is literally as close as your mouth. Simply yeah. talk to God. Um, I, I hope people will check you out. You're on Twitter, which, you know, that's, this is, this is, yeah, I, I call it a hell site. Um, and I, I'm not exaggerating. I do believe yeah. it's a little bit of hell that's been slid into our phones and our, our but, but I'm on there too. Um, I want people to check you out there. I have a link to um, your Twitter account on the show notes for today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Pastor Ryan Dean. Your church is the Pentecostals of Bossier City. So glad to have you here today. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation. <laughs> Thanks for being here. and Have a great afternoon. All right. That's the podcast. And I'm Stacy Washington. Go to StacyOnTheRight.com and we'll be back with you shortly with another fantastic conversation with a newsmaker impacting today's world and culture. God bless.